podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello again, welcome back. Episode 46 of the Disunomics Podcast. You know, I have to start off my shows with a big shout out to the listeners from the previous episode. Episode 45, Big 4-5. Discussing the costs, the benefits to gentrification, the causes and what we can see long term and expect from it long term. And how gentrification differs from actual investment from the ground up in these regions but yeah if, if you're a first time listener thank you for listening there's so many other podcasts i've done from a variety of topics you discussing kim kardashian to football to politics to dating to makeup to interest rates to exchange rates inflation all types of the topics uh, gang culture with a variety of guests male and male and female so have a listen to that Anyway, episode 46, we out here. And this is a topic that I've seen quite a lot of discussion about, especially here in the Western world, especially here in London. We had an um, election that raised a lot of points, which got a lot of people started to dislike me for my tweets. I'm not backing their boy, Jeremy Corbyn, who I, I'm not the greatest fan of, which some people idiotically believe that because I'm not a fan of Jeremy, Jeremy Corbyn, it must mean I'm a fan of the conservatives because there's no other outcome like it's impossible to not like two parties idiots anyway income inequality income inequality it's got people triggered it's got people rattled people discuss it people want the rich to suffer people want the rich to pay their share whatever that means i don't think they know what that means all types of discussions so i'm gonna give a pragmatic approach and that's what i'm really gonna do this year for like last year I was just getting to the podcast scene. I just started really doing it on a weekly basis. So I was trying to give a lot of like foundation level knowledge and information. But this year I'm going to push my opinion and thinking on a lot of things and try to get my listeners, my subscribers to kind of think a bit more objectively and think outside the box, not just take what's been put in front of you by the media or your friends or family. Come to your own conclusion. You, might, you don't have to agree with mine. It would be nice if you did. I'm more than happy for discussion and blowback because that's how I learned. That's how I learned a lot. Anyway, income inequality. What it is? Okay, cool. Income inequality is described as the unequal distribution of household or individual income across various participants in that economy. So, if you're in the UK economy, you're talking about the unequal distribution between the households in the UK. Let's say one household may earn, may have an income of £500,000, one household might have income of £1. That's basically income inequality. And it's often depicted as a percentage, like the the top, the index income inequality of X amount of percent, the top 1% and an income of X percent, all that type of wahala. So that's what income inequality is. Now, what's the beef? What's the issue? well what people are questioning and not just people government bodies government um, politicians media whatever have you may they are questioning the fairness a lot of people consider it unfair and before i go on i just want to quickly define what fair means which i'm going to get back to at a later point in this podcast fair is described as treating people equally without favoritism or discrimination yeah so better in mind Anyway, 
people question its fairness. A lot of people consider the income inequality in the UK, in America, Nigeria, um, Japan, wherever it may be, as unfair. How can 2% of the people earn this much and everybody else earns this much? That's not fair. It's become a political shotgun. It's a weapon. And politicians use it, especially the populists, and I'm going to discuss that a bit later, but it's become a content a contentious topic and become a lot of propaganda around this. So let me give you a bit of figures. You know how I like to do the figures. So let's look at 2012. The top 1% of earners had, in terms of income, because remember, income is different to wealth. Income is, in fact, the money that you receive in, often on a regular basis, whether it be weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, that's the money you receive in. Wealth is more to do with the accumulation of assets. So your stocks, your bonds, if you do cryptocurrency, you've got that, your precious metals, um, real estate, that type of stuff. Income is just basically the flow of money coming in. Okay, cool. So back to income. So I will do a podcast on wealth inequality as well. In 2012, the top 1% had an average income of £253,927. A quarter million of income coming in. We can all dream. The top 0.1% had an income of £919,882. Mad thing. Compared to the bottom 10% when they had people who have an income of less than nine eight hundred thousand pounds eight thousand pounds sorry so you're seeing a massive disparity a massive like for those who are like within the ages of 15 to like 21 like the average retail worker so if you're working your river islands uh top shop marks Spencers, if you work full-time hours which many of these kids don't you're looking at a salary of around 14 to fifteen thousand pounds so that's like the difference like Imagine comparing that to a salary of somebody, somebody who's taking in an income of 900, basically almost a million a year. So, and if you look at the UK, London is by far the most unequal part of the UK. And which makes sense. I'm going to talk about the causations later, but it does make sense why London is more unequal than other regions in the, in the UK. Funnily enough, there's no real consensus from um, economists that inequality of income is a bad thing. And what's kind of mad is that if you look at, like around the world, although the rich are getting richer and the poorer are getting poorer, it's somehow created like this new middle classes in like developing nations like Nigeria, Brazil, India, etc. But of course, there's still the issue of poverty, which I'm going to talk to about later. So what people have an issue with is essentially plutocracy nothing to do with the planet what plutocracy is is different from democracy what do we understand as democracy where the people come together and have the opportunity to elect somebody to govern on their behalf it's a, it's a sovereign process plutocracy is where the wealthy in fact govern and this is what people believe is happening in the US and, and in Europe where the people with mad peas the people with the big corporations are in fact governing indirectly. And there is a case for that. Dysonomics listeners, dysonomics subscribers, they know, I'll always say this, incentive is is a driver of behaviour. Change incentive, you change behaviour. What is the primary 
goal of a politician? I always ask people this question, and I, and I say, in my opinion, it's to get re-elected. Yeah, it's in their best interest. Get re-elected, climb up the ladder. So let's take UK for example. If you're a backbencher, for those who don't know politics, those people in their little man constituencies, they're on the back benches in the House of Commons at the top. They want to get closer to the front bench where they're minister, because obviously you have a more prestigious role, and you're making more money, and you have more of an influence. Yeah. So, people, and if to get elected, you have to have good campaigns. To have good campaigns cost money. So essentially, if people have your income in terms of your campaigns, the people put in the money in your pocket for the campaigns, put in your um, campaign team's pocket, are gonna have some sway influence. So it could be like a big corporation, like do you know what, yeah, I'm gonna invest in you, but make sure you don't do no environment. You're not really on them environmental laws that's gonna make my um my um, plant have to change how much we emit because that will mess up with profits that type of stuff or if you've got the city a lot of people invest in like a lot of the big banks and account financial services firm insurance firms law firms investing money or donating money which which is basically investing <laughs> donating money into policies campaign they might think hmm we can't really lose too mad of the banks because you know they're out here um, sponsoring our campaigns so we're seeing a lot of this in the US and Europe Branko Milankovic, Milanovic, a leading scholar in, um, in inequality in the City University of New York, he's argued for the past centuries that world wars come about in large part because of the pressures of inequality, which has got um, <laughs> flipping um, politicians moving mad and doing crazy stuff. So that's one of the potential issues of income inequality. And, and this has kind of come with the rise of populism what is populism populism is the support and the concerns of the ordinary people we see this in the uk with jeremy corbyn he's out here rallying for the ordinary the everyday person yes i believe that he's seems like quite an honest man in terms in relation to politicians um i don't think he's that honest because he's lying for his teeth in terms of his policies because they if you if you mesh them all together they simply do not balance out but that's a story for another day um, and people don't like this and that's why they go they shout at you even though they can't actually argue against your points but that is what it is you got people like Jeremy Corbyn who's promising you the, the world the world on the plate you've got Donald Trump who was appealing to ordinary America saying yeah F Wall Street all that type of stuff and I saw Hillary Clinton as she's part of them like her husband was Bill Clinton. She's just like them, talks like them. She's Wall Street. She's big business. Da, da, da. Little in and out. So is Trump, but he finessed the game. And they saw, and people saw Theresa May as more of the same. That's why you saw an influx of new young voters and people rebelling against what is that the status quo. Brexit was a big shock for everybody. People are tired. People are seeing income inequality people are realising that their wages are stagnating people are realising there's a lack of opportunities in their opinion and so people who have that kind of populist type of mantra are attracting big waves people are tired of the current market capitalism and that is the issue that is the issue okay so we talked about the issues what are the actual causes of income inequality there's a few courses education certain social economic groups in some nations don't have the same access to education as others 
So if you're in America, if let's take America, if uh, if you take like the projects and uh, certain hoods in certain regions, where they have metal detectors in school because there's a lot of poverty in that area, they're kind of left to their own devices. There's not as much funding for these schools. We saw in Flint, Michigan, where they didn't even have water for a while, all that type of stuff. Your the quality of education you want to receive is not going to be the same as if you go to a private school in Hampstead, or in like Chino Hills in LA in California sorry so when you have this discrepancy in education you're going to have a discrepancy in earning potential naturally in nation where there's more access to higher quality of secondary education the income inequality is a lot lower like if you take Nigeria for example the income inequality in Nigeria is insane when I go to Nigeria it's actually heartbreaking I know what some like I'm seeing children like from ages of three to seven are running in and out of traffic to hustle and traffic to cars flying on roads in Nigeria is not like the UK it's, it's to a man out there drive like his Mario Kart fan it's scary it's the, in, the income inequality there is scary competition another drive of income um, inequality especially in a capitalist world competition is so crucial to this talent and competition at the higher end of the job spectrum so you're talking about the people who can generate revenue or the executives on the boards and stuff like that has driven their salaries up through the roof so think about it if the competition for people who can make your company mad p or people who can run your company and make sure your companies run well make mad p is up that means to okay let's say it's um a lady called melissa Melissa from London, she's 35 and she's one of the best, best execs in the IT industry. She just left her company, she's looking for a new company, yeah? If you want to get Melissa, you know that there's four other companies looking for her because they know that she she's guaranteed results. So what's going to happen? To, to attract her to your company, you're going to have to maybe out-compete them as a salary and bonus structure. And that's why you see these big, these big boys and big women in the in the city and stuff having mad salaries, mad bonuses, stock options, all of it. And if these people, the rich, are earning even more, then the income inequality is going to be even higher. Stagnant wages. This is not listeners, subscribers. They know I've been talking about how wages have been stagnant. Raw wages are are horrendous. UK is like 110 out of 120 countries in terms of real wage growth. If wages are stagnant, the median income for low to middle income workers, so the lower level workers to the middle level workers in terms of salary, has virtually been flat as a pancake. Pancake Day, Tuesday 13th. Shout out to Pancake Day. I love pancakes. Random, but I have to shout out Pancake Day. So, yeah, the income in terms of, I mean, the wages for low to middle income workers has been virtually flat since the financial crisis um, initiated in 2007 so if the big boys are earning more and more and then the average to below average owners are earning even stagnant the income inequality is only going up going one way and also labor unions don't have as much power as they did before and when labor unions had power if you mess around you know off upping them wages strikes strikes on your head top but they don't have that much power now so companies are taking advantage of the situation 
Also, family and social interactions impact earning potential a lot. In fact, I'm going to talk about that last. Increased demand for high school workers. Companies now want a higher skill workforce. They want a more efficient workforce so they can have less bodies doing more work at less of a cost. They invest into this. They're training their staff. They want highly skilled staff to increase productivity. They also they are also de-emphasizing the need for lower skilled functions in their businesses. That's why they're outsourcing them to Sheffield, Leicester, Coventry, Estonia, Poland, China. They just India. They're just outsourcing because they want to cut cuts down because they don't believe them functions are as valuable. So that's also driving income inequality. Because if you're a lower skilled worker and the demand for your type of service and also it's automation, we've seen more machinery, like for example, with um, TFL. In the city, you're seeing less uh, members of staff and then boosts and stuff. Like they've removed them boosts in quite a lot of places and replaced them with more Oyster machines because it's cheaper. In McDonald's, you're seeing them touch screens. Like they're trying to automate and be more efficient and that's going to only increase income inequality and the final point in terms of causes which is which will lead me to my more evaluative um, discussion type segment of this podcast is family and social interactions impact earning potential some of the social and emotional skills that are needed to lead a quality life and increase earning potentials are less likely to be developed in economically deprived areas basically the skills that and social attributes that you're going to need to be a high earner maybe in the professional world or the entertainment industry or whatnot they're less likely to be refined and developed in areas of economic deprivation so if you're in a poor community you're not gonna likely have parents who are gonna sit with you and do your homework with you every day you're not gonna be able to go you're not you're not as likely to go to all these type of boy scouts all these type of clubs where you could go and interact with other kids learn learn languages learn how to play an instrument know how to talk and communicate with different types of people build connections it's not there there's less opportunities and less access to information and access to information is a big big thing see me and a lot of my friends we've done quite all right for ourselves not all of us have come from the best of areas or the best of backgrounds the vast majority of my friends are not privileged in terms of resources from our families by any means but we're lucky enough to have done well through school university or people who didn't go university establish their own business and doing well what we've all especially my boys you've all come to this um unique or not unique um uniformed conclusion that we have a we had a lack of knowledge and where the lack of knowledge kills us is that with lack of knowledge we had to be excellent to get into the places we went to where other people with in the increased knowledge can afford to be mediocre or just above average and get to the same places as us because they know how to do the application forms they know that okay cool if i want to be in med school i have to have this this and that on my cv or if i want to get into investment banking or asset management i have to do an internship i have to have this on my cv i have to be able to do i have to read this we didn't know that we didn't know what career steps okay if you want to get into merchant acquisitions you have to have a background in deals or did all that type of stuff we didn't know we're learning on the fly because of a, a lack of access to information and i've seen it with my own two eyes 
I've seen it with my own two and a lot of people could resonate with this. If you have that supreme access to information, an abundance of opportunity, even if you're mediocre, you can lead a higher quality of life than somebody who's excellent or just put in a situation that is not as beneficial. And that is one of the causes of income inequality. And it's mad. And that's why culture makes such a big difference. We're seeing um, a disparity um, in terms of um, academic results between, um, I want to use the African and Caribbean community for this one, between um, Africans, African boys and Caribbean boys. And I think a lot to do with that is culture. I don't believe that if you're from Burkina Faso or Congo or South Africa or Zimbabwe, you're by default and genetically more intelligent than somebody from St. Kitts, Barbados, Jamaica, Trinidad, all the type of regions. I don't believe that. But I think culture plays a massive part. We undermine the impact culture has. My Nigerian fam, you don't know. Our parents are so big on education. Our grandparents, our uncles, our aunties, our cousins, so big on education. And I realised this um, at my school with people from other regions like um, people from the Quran, um, Afghanistan, China, India, Pakistan. There's a high, high emphasis placed on education. And when you have a culture that pushes you towards being excellent academically in terms of education, you're likely to do better at school, which is likely to help you have a higher earning potential. There's a very strong correlation between education and earning potential. If you go to school, you can have good grades, have a great maths degree, graduate, um, graduate with a great degree, like you've done an internship, you go to a bank, you're killing it. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? That's why if you look at people who do STEM degrees, they're likely to earn more than people who do more vocational or more artistic um, type of courses. So we've got to look at the culture. And that's what I believe is one of the big impacts in terms of in- um, earning potentials. Working class families, some parents do not, some parents just don't have the luxury of time to sit with their kids, tutor their kids, um, keep an eye on them, making sure they're doing their homework, making sure they're well fed, making sure they're getting a balanced diet. All these type of things are so important. Some kids have to, what are left alone for hours because their mum's working two, three jobs or their dad's working two, three jobs or their dad's not about or their mum's not. Do you know what I'm saying? And that makes it impact long, eventually in earning potential. They're not building these skills. That's one of the, I personally hope that I can send my kids if I'm blessed enough to have children to private school. Don't get me wrong. Like I met, I've seen what private school has been about. Like my school has faced some private schools. I've seen some private school kids at uni and work and stuff like that and I don't disrespect but some of them I just can't stand which is so different culturally I just feel like they're so sheltered they're not streetwise I wouldn't change my path for anything but I'm pretty lucky that I have a personality and I'm pretty good academically that I could do alright in my current environment but I'll probably won't take that risk with my children if I have the finances which I will by force and one of the advantages I believe in private schooling is that they're going to be around other families who are on the same wavelength and 10, 20 years from now, if my child wants to go, okay, cool. My child wants to get into consultancy. Oh, cool. You you have a friend from private school whose dad owns a consultancy firm. Okay, he can land you for a young internship. Or my friend, oh, my friends are doctors. Okay, cool. They can tell you how to get through med school. Like that type of opportunity 
that could be provided from a bring-in and the information makes a massive difference in, in ability to earn. And that's what we got to consider. Now, to the actual discussion of income inequality. I personally do not have a problem with the ethos of income inequality. By law of averages, income cannot be equal because not everybody has the same level of ability in certain things and not everybody's going to make the same level of decisions so they're not going to earn the same amount of money. I think it's perfectly normal. I think it's perfectly fair for somebody to earn £1 million a year or somebody to earn 10 grand if it's based on merit. I don't like the outcry in income inequality because people want to level outcomes. I do not believe in equating outcomes. That is bollocks. That is nonsense. It should be merit. That's how outcomes should be determined via your own merit. I want us to strive for a society where we start to equalize the opportunities of people. We want to get to a place where everybody has the best opportunity. And if you continuously botch your opportunity, then we shouldn't be too sad that you don't have that much money. If I told you um, this person was an abusive drunk, he liked alcohol too much, liked drugs too much, he used to beat up his girlfriends to a point where he eventually got put in jail and he came out of jail and he wasn't able to earn that much. Nobody would give a flying monkeys. Real talk, nobody give a flying monkeys. Why? Because they've had opportunities in life and they've botched them. And they continuously make awful decisions so they, they should bear the, um, bear the repercussions. My problem is that there's some people who will make great decisions and they do not get the opportunity. So we need to find a way to equalise opportunities, not outcomes. Another thing, income inequality and poverty are not the exact same thing. You can have, you can have um, theoretically, income inequality and start to really reduce the amount of poverty that you have. It's funny because if you look at um, society communism socialism where they try to equate outcomes and you take china for example when china moved away from socialism and kind of moved to a more um, market capitalist type structure like the tens of millions of people moved out of poverty tens of millions of people you can't equate outcomes it's going to cause even more poverty you can't it's going to cause even more of a madness now back to the poverty thing we should be trying to limit poverty at every juncture. And if some people earn way more than others call, as long as we're limiting the amount of people who are sleeping rough on the streets, which is a big issue, I believe, in the UK, especially in London, especially with men, 75% of homeless people are men. There's 9,000 people sleeping roughly on, like, on the streets. We can't have this in a country like this that makes so much money. And, there's, and, there's a potential, and that potential person could be a potential contributor to the economy, putting money back into the economy we got we got to address that but yeah poverty is the issue and i feel like we've got to determine what poverty is i'm not really a big fan of the poverty line because some people who are quote unquote below the poverty line in areas like the us uk have two i have two flat screen tvs a car and iphones it's got what do you determine as poverty but yeah we do not want people not being able to eat not being able to eat having to take crazy risks having to leave their children to go work for jobs just to put food in their back that's just not good for the economy we've got to find a way to balance opportunities and also in terms of income 
another evaluative point that I want us to remember when you hear about income inequality, which is different to wealth, which is a whole different discussion, but I'll go into that later. Income is not static. What you earn when you leave, let's say you leave school or you leave university, tends to not be what you earn until you retire at 65. How much I was earning when I left university and how much I'm earning now is two completely different things. I'm sure your parents could say the same and your friends and family could say the same. I think it's the UK or US, I can't remember, Lord forgive me. I'll, I'll, I'll correct it and I'll put it in my notes on the podcast. Half of the bottom 25% of income earners at one point in their life will be in the top 10%. Half. Why? Because as they are going through their career, acquiring new skills, getting more experience, getting promoted, they climb up the ladder and eventually they'll be higher earners. Or higher earners. So just remember that income is also fluid. You don't just stay on one income forever. It don't really work like that. But we do have to look out for the issues that this current plutocracy society is going in because we we really need to start investing in education across all regions that's why i have a balance of inequality i mean balance of earning potential across the across the uk across the uk if you live the the difference in income earning from people who live in reading slough and london so you know reading slough is just around london compared to everywhere else is staggering and there's companies that are out there. You've got Barclays up in Manchester. You've got Sparkleys. Everybody up in Leicester. Not, you know, there's big companies there, but they know they can pay them less because of productivity. They're not as productive as the London workforce. Wide differences in skills and education, which is something that we need to address. And we also need to start trying to equip, um, equip people with higher skills because we know the demand for low um low skilled labor is decreasing and i was reading an article in the financial times i think it was two years ago and it's quite it's quite ironic in terms of how gender and wages and job opportunities discussed in the media that because we're moving away from lower skilled labor jobs is really affecting the employment rate of men women women are more likely to go to university I've, I've seen the figures I think I put in one of my previous podcasts there's more women going to university in terms of postgrad. I mean in terms of um, full time part time women tend to do better at school so they tend to have a higher they tend to be more skilled workers you're going to see less women in um, doing manual labour and factories less women do a dangerous job that's why 97% of men um, 97% of working deaths are related to men because men do more dangerous jobs so these type of opportunities in terms of jobs are being phased out so we need to start retraining our workforce to adapt to a new economy because we do not want to have poverty in our household poverty leads to crime and crime leads to bad stuff we discussed a podcast on crime um a few time uh, a few weeks ago and how the lack of opportunity leads to to desperation and despair which can lead to crime so that's another thing we should think about in income equality income inequality and it's mad because um, I'm a bit conflicted in this because it's peak in this because um, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Mark Blythe, a good economist. He um, said taxes are the insurance policies for the rich that stop everybody else coming outside their big mansions with pitchforks. 
and a quite a lot of people are saying the richest people they take up all the blah 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 but the top 10% contribute about 44% of tax receipts for the government they are paying quote unquote their fair share they're paying a lot they're paying more tax than most people in the UK the most they're paying imagine the 10% of people are paying for 44% of the, of the tax that's a lot they are still paying away but because they're earning the matting and people aren't earning there's still there's still like a disparity there and it's causing tension but I don't believe we should have tension because people are successful and earn a lot of money some people are actually just really made a bunch of fantastic decisions in their life went to uh, whether went to school did an apprenticeship or found their own business waited until they found a husband or a wife that's compatible with them they balance out their family life decide to have kids at the right time put their kids through private school invested well was smart of their money and they created a nice family for themselves which i'm pretty sure every single person listening to this podcast wants to do every i don't think there's one person listening to this podcast doesn't want to have a, that type of life where they make a bunch of good decisions start to earn a lot and provide for their family and generations so i find it quite mad that people are chastising them for that privilege they earn that privilege Somebody along their family lines likely earn that privilege, and that's fine. The problem is that our authorities are not creating or facilitating opportunities for others to do so themselves. We need to be facilitating opportunities for all people from any social economic background to be able to make success of their life and facilitate for their own family members. We do not have to take pitchforks to the rich and you know slice their necks and take their money that's why I'm not a fan of what Jeremy Corbyn did and it's just a blame game it's a blame game thing that's what populism did and so many and this is it's the typical uh, playbook from a lot of we've seen a lot of dictators I'm not calling Corbyn a dictator it's far from a lot of dictators did the same thing previously Trump did a bit of the same thing give somebody give somebody give the people somebody to blame and they'll ride with you and it's a lot harder for the likes of uh, Corbyn, Theresa May, all these type of politicians to say, do you know what? Our current system is effing up. There's too much plutocracy. The super, the big companies have too much sway on our policy. We're not doing enough to increase education and skills and opportunities for our workforce. We need to change that. Yes, the reason why things are not going that great for you is not because people are rich. It's because wages have been stagnating for a long time and we're not really adjusting our society to current times because back 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 in the days what these countries would have done is just go to another country invade them and take their resources you can't do that anymore <laughs> well <laughs> you can't really do that anymore well we saw america try us a matting about 10 years ago but that's neither here nor there no, about 15 years ago 15 15 17 years ago you can't do it anymore so you don't we don't have that cop out now you actually have to run a functional economy and it's very very difficult so yeah I'm rambling on but yeah I just I just please people I just don't want you to don't buy into propaganda don't believe oh because these people are rich this is no 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 Indiv- it's not an individual's job to make you prosperous that's that's why you elect a government it's the government's job not to make you prosperous to give you the opportunity to make of your life whatever you damn want it well want it to be and if you botch it then so be it they should be there to provide a safety net for us 
just in case things go down so we don't so we can get ourselves back up again not sustain us for life unless we have mitigating circumstances unless um you know people who have disabilities some people are less less fortunate we should be helping look after those people we have the, the funds to do so but we need to provide a safety net to get help us get back on our feet and then try and make good decisions to sustain a decent standard of living for ourselves and our family that's the job of the government to protect us first and foremost which they fail to do in Grenfell for example and to give us opportunities to excel no give us opportunities to excel or to bum it out whichever one we choose but we shouldn't have predetermined failure due to the complete lack of opportunities as I said some people some regions are grow up in such economic um, deprivation that there's no opportunities there's limited opportunities and there's a lack of information and that's what needs to change so yeah sorry for the bit of a mini rant but any thoughts let me know I'm happy to discuss this Twitter at Dissunomics but the first I is a one so D1 Sunomics please subscribe 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 fam subscribe on Apple Podcasts open Apple Podcasts app on your phone it's the purple app with like an eye or some sort of beacon wherever it is type my name Dissunomics give me a young five stars give me a nice review don't have to review just give me five stars that'd be delicious help me clamp them charts you feel me if you listen on SoundCloud, please follow. Follow on SoundCloud podcast, come straight to you, retweet it. And also tell your friends, fam. If you think a podcast is decent, tell your friends. Help me help me make these raps. <laughs> help me um help spread some information and some knowledge and discussions with people. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Where to H Maneda. And yeah, follow me on my socials. Dysonomics on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. But I don't really use Snapchat. But um and I'm also hello at Dysonomics for any inquiries anybody want to book me for talking at events or whatnot sponsorships please gucci i know you're out there balenciaga i know you're out there super malt i know you're out there shortbread biscuits i know you're out there <laughs> talk to g but yeah thank you for listening and god bless sports social podcast network